Welcome to Unleash Your Greatness. I'm Adam Platt. Today, I'm super excited to have my special guest on. Her name is Dolores E. Jordan. She is the older sister to NBA star and MVP player Michael Jordan, and she shares her experience about how uh, she was sexually abused as a child and how she overcame that and talks about her story about how you are stronger than your situation. We're going to get into that discussion right after I queue up the intro. The question people often ask themselves is, is there more for me out there? Am I capable of more, of doing more, being more, and having greater success in this life? The answer to that question is yes. I believe that everybody has greatness within themselves and that success leaves clues. And if we can take those clues, we can unlock the greatness within ourselves. I'm Adam Platt, and welcome to Unleash Your Greatness. Welcome everybody to Unleash Your Greatness. I'm Adam Platt. Today I'm really, really excited about this guest that I have on. Her name is Dolores E. Jordan. She is the daughter and the namesake of author and Chicago philanthropist Dolores Jordan. She's also the oldest sister of NBA fame Michael Jordan. And uh, she's written a few books. She's a very inspirational person. One of her first book um, is In My Family's Shadow, uh, where she talks about her family and the things that she's had to deal with in that situation. And her newest book is You Are Stronger Than Your Situation, Please don't jump, and that is to encourage and comfort those who feel exhausted by life and forgotten about God. So she yeah. is a um, an amazing person. She's uh, got so many things. She's a mental health advocate. She is a real estate agent, um, financial. She talks about so many different things. So I'm excited Hi. to have her on and uh, share some of her, her insights and inspiration. So Dolores, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, Adam, thank you so much for having me. I look forward to, you know, having this hour with you. Awesome. Very cool. So, um, so tell me a little bit about Dolores and why you are where you are. Cause I, number one, um, it can't be easy living in your family shadow. Michael Jordan, you know, he's probably one of the best, if not the best, well-known basketball players of all time. Um, I personally grew up in the 90s. I was in high school. I lived in Utah. I was a Utah Jazz fan. And Michael Jordan used to make me so mad every time he'd beat my Jazz. Uh, even when he was sick with the flu, he still beat him, and it, it ticked me off. <laughs> but yeah. it, it can't be easy living in that shadow of your family and uh and, and i know that's kind of what your your books are about and and how you've kind of pulled away a little bit of, from that side of your family and and kind of tried to get out of underneath that, that oh yeah name. it's um well here's the thing that's often missed um michael's four years younger than me yeah so before he got in the nba you know i had already had issues that i um I can't even say I was handling. They just had happened. Nothing had been done about them. Mm. And so, um, and then he got in the NBA. So that brought a whole new animal with it, you know? <laughs> it's like, if it wasn't being dealt with before he got in the NBA, you can best believe it wasn't popular to deal with it. And I didn't know how to deal with it. And so Michael is one of um, three brothers and he's the absolutely youngest brother. Uh, my sister is the youngest of us all. And then I have my brother, Larry. He's he's three years younger than me. Michael's four years younger than me. And so um, having had, we grew up in the same household, same parents, but we just have totally different stories. And and I've come to recognize totally different purposes in life too. So, you yeah. know, so, um, so with mine, I didn't kind of know how to, to deal with the abuse. I, I talked candidly and honestly in my first book and my family shadow is a very dark book it's very dark and it talks very plain and transparently about my family and the pressures of Michael's success mm. and the fact that before Michael's success came we were dysfunctional in other ways already you know and I know a lot of people don't like that word but it's the truth and so when his success came it just added a new layer uh, I mean, yes, very proud of my brother. Very, very proud of his accomplishments. Um, you know, it's, it's, it was 
you know, funny to see him on the side of buses and jumping over on billboards and sweat. And remember him as being, a, you know, my little brother, my newsome little brother, you know. But at the end of the day, he has gone on to do phenomenal things. So yeah. the unfortunate thing for him, and I say the family period, is that I was in it, you know, and, and that is the truth of it because my life is so different um, in terms of, um, I talk candidly in the first book about being, um, you know, sexually abused by my father, not proud of it, it's, it's, it happened. And it happened, you know, before Michael even got an MBA. So, you know, it started from age eight to 16. So that means when I'm eight, Michael's four. And when it ends at 16, Michael's 12. Mm. So there is no way to know. There is no basketball in our family at that point. There is no NBA. There is no, there is no inkling to what was going to come later. But yet that was my issue. So by the time he got in the NBA, I already had that issue. Mm. And it had, you know, when, when I told my mother at age 16, she put me in front of my father same day. He confessed, same day. And then it became, we're not, we're never going to talk about it again. And so I often look at the fact that, you know, if they got to scream and shout among each other, they had an outlet, but you told a child to not talk about it. So there was no outlet, you know? And so, you know, so what do you do? I mean, my parents are very, um, they spoke, we listened. So I didn't, I didn't talk about it. I didn't know where to take it. I didn't know. And I, you know, you're talking about a time when nobody talked about abuse. So I didn't even, honestly, Adam, I didn't even know it was abuse. Seriously. I didn't know. I didn't know, you know? And, um, and so when I became an adult and, you know, I mean, you know, running from home, got married, had babies, um, got divorced and still have the issue. So, and when I look at my life, everything was just piling up from one thing to another without anything really being dealt with or um, or healed or even addressed. So for when MJ went in the NBA, I already had all those issues over there. They were there. Right. They weren't dealt with. They were just there. So um, that's a lot. Yeah, that is a lot. Yes, yeah, a lot. Yeah. So and that's hard. That's and, and I, I, I know as, as I prepared for our conversation, I, I went online and tried to find as much as I possibly could about your situation and, and the things that you've gone through. Um, and uh, from what I can tell, and, and you can um, correct me if I'm wrong, your relationship with your family is a little stressed um, from your first book because of the things that you did bring to light. And, uh, well, people think it was because of the first book, but my situation with my family, and it's funny because people always attribute that my brother and I, our strain is about the book, but we were strained before the book, Okay, you know? Yeah. And so the book, what the book actually did for me, it, beyond setting me free, because it did set me free, yeah. um, so much was going on and I found myself twisting and turning trying to be what everybody else wanted me to be mm-hmm. and not true knew who I didn't know who I was. You know, I know what his career was requiring of me. I know what my mom then was requiring of me. I knew that I had children. So is you, you're being taken on so many different hats yeah. and yet you have not yet figured out who you are, even as a person. And so much about my life. I didn't like, I didn't like me because I didn't, I couldn't, um, it didn't make sense that, you know, my father took my virginity. It didn't make sense that I didn't get counseling. It didn't make sense. I didn't know how to process it all. And so um, in 1998, um, I found my brother talked me into going to to move. I was going through a divorce and my brother talked me. He called me and said, I think you should move. And I'm like, move, move where, you know? And, you know, he and I talked about it. You need a fresh start. You need to get out the city, whatever. And so we had this agreement that I would go, you know, I agreed. I just said, maybe I need a new start. Maybe I'm too close to my pain that I can't see, you know. But to make a long story short, I moved. Um, the deal was I was going to take care of where I was. He was going to take care of my home. 
And then eventually I was going to, he was going to help me buy a house where I was going. And then we we're going to sell the house that I owned already and give him back the money. But when I, and so when I got to where I, we were going, it was, I went into a corporate apartment. So, you know, a corporate apartment comes furnished, everything, whatever. Yep. The rent is extremely high, you know, but it's the whole thing is you're not in a lease. And so I did that. And I thought I was going to be there for 30 days and it grew up into six months mm-hmm. and every property I took to him, he had a complaint about. And so finally, you know, um, I came to recognize that yeah, it was part of it. I had already had this book on the horizon and put it down. And so I had decided to pick it back up. So moving me and just placing me and all those things were some tactics. So when I came home, I found my, my um my house in foreclosure Mm, and so so that became a turning factor for me because it's like my parents get to do whatever they want you know my ex-husband had cheated he gets to do whatever now my brother gets to do what okay it stops I can't be this person to everybody so I'm going to start doing the hard work of learning who I am Who, who did God say I am who did God make me to be and that put me into therapy and I just started doing the hard work. And I separated myself from the family because I didn't want to hear anybody tell me why I shouldn't be doing, why I shouldn't be getting well. I didn't want everybody else's reason to overcrowd my, my healthiness. You know what I mean? And, and I seen, um, if you, if you look at my mother's first book, it's called, um, family first went into parenting game and you know i'm scanned into that picture so you scan me in and you scan me out when it's beneficial and so at that point i became tunnel vision i don't want to hear about everybody else i don't care what everybody else thinks i need to get well and so i did the hard work of getting well putting myself in therapy and facing my issues head on not running from them and learning to like me that's what i had to do Hey, it's Adam Platt, and I just wanted to jump in here real quick and say, if you're ready to really unleash the greatness within yourself today, and you're ready to surround yourself with like-minded people who are going to help you grow and cheer you on towards your goals to higher success and achievement, then I've created a free community called Unleash Your Greatness with Adam Platt on Facebook. Come and join that community. It's free. You can come and join today, and uh, it's Again, it's called Unleash Your Greatness with Adam Platt, and people on that community are going to help. I'm in there. I'm going to be commenting and giving free resources on things that can help you grow and succeed in life. So come join today, and we will see you on the inside. So you you did what was right for you because you knew that staying in the shadow of your family was not the right thing. It wasn't healthy for me. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't healthy for me. You know, um, I tried suicide several times. And so the last, the third time, um, they restarted my heart. And so I couldn't understand why he kept bringing me back. You know, and I I literally could not understand why he kept bringing me back. And suicide to me was my solution for fixing what was wrong as far as if I'm not in it, the family don't have to deal with me. If I'm not here, I don't have to deal with me. I don't have to look at the truth of my life and try to make peace with it. You know, I had two children, so it was actually a selfish, very selfish of me. But then I also thought that they'll be better without me. Mm-hmm. So you have all of those, when you're in pain, you have all of those dynamics and they come at you so many different ways. And so um, what in my family shadow did for me, it took all the um, pretense off. It took all the blinders off. Here's, here's the truth. Here's my life. And one of the reasons why that became important to me, because people would expect you to have all these great stories about being in the family. Right. And so you were, you know, early on, I went along and I made them up or I said what everybody else was saying because it was easiest and it was, it required the least amount of effort from me. So I did it. Yeah, It's a lot. I know. 
first off, I, I just want to say thank you for sharing what you just shared and uh, being so candid and, and open about that. And, uh, um, you know, there was a time in my life where I was very uh, depressed and got suicidal and almost took my life. And so I can understand um, that thought process. And uh, it, it's scary. And like you say, it's it's a very selfish thing. And luckily I had what I call a, a spiritual moment at that time that woke me up and basically, uh, you know, a thought came into my mind said, what would your wife and what would your kids do without you? And at that point I realized how selfish I was being. And so I'm, I'm, I'm just, um, so grateful that you're still here sharing your inspiration with others. And, uh, even with all the things that you've gone through and, uh, it's, it's hard. It, everybody has their struggles and, uh, it can be easy dealing with those struggles when you have such a famous family to have to navigate through. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. it's difficult, but I I have to say, and that's what the new book talks about. You're stronger than your situation. Cause that's what, when I was, when I would cry out to God, I would say, of all the families in the world, you couldn't think of another family to put me in. You know, <laughs> of all the families, you own all the families. Lord, really? What did I do to deserve this? Yeah. And he would say, Dolores, I know exactly where you are. I know you're stronger than your mm-hmm. situation. And that was not at all what I wanted to hear. I didn't want him to tell right. me how strong I was to endure, you know. And um, but you know, he was right. You don't know that when you're in it. And and so what the new book talks about is specifically that, you know. When you're in your pain, you're trying to escape. And 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 at the time, so many things um, get, they look like good choices because everything is about getting away from the pain. And so um, what you're struggling in your situation, please don't jump, does it talks candidly about my life and it shows them I was there. I was right there. And, you know, I... I made it to the other side and oh, how glad, how grateful I am that I made it to the other side. So I'm trying to meet people in their brokenness right where they are right now and then give them some hope to just hold on. Mm. Don't, you know, back away from that edge. Please don't jump. Right, right. You know, get through the day. Don't worry about tomorrow. Let's get you through today. So that's it. Yeah, that's beautiful. So can you... There's a couple things I want to um, talk about, but first and foremost, okay. I want to talk about this transformation that you had to go through. What did you have to leave behind to become the person you are today? Oh, family. Seriously. Um, family in a way of, you know, when you've been so so much of a part of a family and my parents are so, um, like I said, they're so hands-on, so involved, so disciplinarians and all those things and you know my mom speak you ain't you listen my dad talk you listen uh and my father didn't abuse me by strong arming me my father abused me by saying how beautiful I was how you know he, mm. he, he words of endearment you know I trust him you know and so um because they were such strong forces in my life you know and when I first started recognizing I needed help you know, you'll be okay. And so that became, you'll be, just don't think about it. You'll be okay. That was kind of the sentiment for so many years. And, you know, I'm young, they're older. My mom's saying, you know, everybody doesn't need to know that you're having a bad day. Put on a clean suit night, do your hair and go out. <laughs> and, you know, you know what I mean? And so it's my mom talking. Maybe she, she knows. Maybe I am waddling in my pain maybe if i don't um if i don't think about it maybe it'll go away maybe the truth of my life you know you know i saw stuff being rewritten to accommodate the image maybe i can inhale some of that and it'll be true you know so you do all those things to fit in because what child doesn't want to fit in you know and um i found myself walking on pins and needles or Everybody could say something, but mine, whatever I said, got, you know, exploded. It was very combustible, you know. And, and so, you know, you, you find yourself jumping through everybody's hoops. And you just really don't know what is right for you. And so for, what, for me, when I 
tried suicide my last time and my door was locked, literally locked. And God opened a locked door. Wow. And the woman, and she had been to the door earlier, trying to get in, couldn't get in, came left and came back because the spirit was so grieved. And when she came back, the door opened and she was able to get to me and get EMS and they were able to restart my heart. Now, that door had been an automatic locked door for four years. Four. So I recognized that that was a God moment. I couldn't understand why he was keeping me. But I do recognize as many times as my children and I had got locked out their door. It had never opened by itself before. Wow. And so it, I became curious to see what he saw in me that I didn't see in myself. So that became my turning point. Okay, you're keeping me here. I don't see the good in me. So help me see the good in me. So that yeah. it started my journey towards wellness. That's awesome. And so how has your faith increased over the years as you've gone through these experiences and this transformation in your life? Oh, my faith. Oh, my goodness. I cannot imagine. Oh, I can't imagine that I would be here. Honestly, I mean, I, I don't know where. I don't know how I would have made it. My faith became what I held on to. Um, I knew my family couldn't help me or didn't know how to help me didn't want to help me, just a lot of, probably didn't know how to help me. And yet God was keeping me here. So a lot of days it became, all I could do was read and try to find something to encourage my spirit. And the Bible is a hard book to read. It's an absolutely hard book to read. A lot of hard words. But as I would read it, something would pop up that would help me that moment. And then as I, you know, really got hungry for it because I started finding answers for my life in there, then it was my go-to place. And, and I came to understand my life so much better when I came to understand that God really is purposeful when he gives you life, that, you know, it really does have a purpose. It's not like, oh, I decided I'm going to make Adam today because I don't have anything better to do. <laughs> Or I would make Dolores today because I got some extra play, you know, none of that. He's so, he is so intentional. And when I learned that how intentional he was, or he is, then it put me on a, okay, so help me understand why you intentionally made me and why did you allow these issues? Because they, honestly, when you, we look at our lives and we tend to think that things happen by happenstance or accidental. And it's hard sometimes to embrace the fact that God allows some of the bad things in our life. Yeah. But what I come to look at them as now, um, they're tools. They don't feel like tools. They don't look like tools. Sometimes they make you cry. Sometimes they make you not like you. Yeah. But when you read the stories in the Bible and you understand that for the God choose for the people he chooses to use in the way that he chooses to use them, he prepares them. And that preparation sometimes is not a feel-good preparation. So when I look at my life, specifically my life, I get to go out now. And like I argued and I complained about the family I was in, like, you couldn't have any other families to put me in. But the same family has given me a platform, you know. Then the other thing is I complained about what did I do to deserve to be abused? I didn't know anything, you know, from age eight to 16. How did I get chosen? But now I get to go out and talk to the abused people and I'm not talking to them about what I read or what I heard. I'm talking to them about what I experienced. So preparation, it, just how I choose to, he taught me to look at the, changed the narrative of how I saw my difficult moments. If I saw them only as the difficulties that they have been, then it will always be a woe me. But if I see them as the wonderful opportunity to use them for somebody else's good, then I can say thank you. I know that's hard to think of, but I, yeah, I, I can literally say now thank you for my life. Wow. Even all the difficult moments of my life, I can say thank you. That's beautiful. And 
so inspiring for anybody who's listening, who's struggled with hard things. And we all do. Everybody does. That's just a part of life, unfortunately. Um, but it's how we learn. It's how we grow. And it's how we come to realize that the beauty in our world or in our life is worth right. living for. And so, um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I shudder to think all that I would have missed had I succeeded in my suicide. I, yeah. To see my children grown, to meet my grandchildren, to go out in my day and take in the sun and, and the, you know, the green, the things that you don't, when you're hurting, you don't pay attention to, they're, they're obsolete to you. But you get on the other side and you look back and like, I survived that? Oh, wow. And then I go in my day and I, and I go out and I can really exhale. And these are gifts that we don't think of them as gifts. Right. You know, because when yep. you, we live in a democracy where we get to choose so much about our lives. And so when things are not going as we would want or the way we think they should go, we, we think that God made a mistake and I can fix it. And the truth of the matter is he doesn't make mistakes. And if you don't give up, you will find that he was, he's actually taking you to a beautiful place. Just getting there, that, that, that travel time getting there doesn't feel good. So, you know, but he didn't tell us it was going to feel good. Right. So, so I just think changing the narrative mm -hmm. for how we see things, that glass half empty, Let's change that around. Our glasses have full. Right. So how we see it. Yeah. So true. How we view the things in our life and in the world around us is has a very profound effect upon how we decide to view it. So uh, very cool. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Uh, thank you. I, I want to ask another question and, um, because I know that you do a lot of work with inspiring people, helping them um, overcome the things that they feel are a struggle in their life. How has, or what is your main focus or um, what do you want to impact the most with your work? I guess is the question. Oh, I want people, I want to help people live out their story. And when, and parts of our story because God has a purpose for us. And so parts of our stories can be difficult. And in those difficult moments, if we're not careful, we choose permanent solutions. Suicide is a permanent yeah. solution. There is no coming back from that. And yet, if we held on and got to the other side of it, you look back and you would have a huge appreciation for not succeeding in it. But when you're in the midst of it, and you're in the midst of your hurt, when you're in the midst of whatever your despair is, you're looking for a quick fix. Some people choose drugs. Some people choose alcohol. Some people choose men or women, you know. But at the end of the day, without addressing that underlying issue, you just compounding another issue on top. And I talk about that in my book. I said, um, my life felt like I was throwing things in the closet. You know, I don't, you know, I've been abused. I don't have time to deal with it, put it in a closet. Mm -hmm. I got married young, got, you know, had two kids, had got divorced young, put it in a closet. You know, my brother became, so, you know, who he became. Okay. So you, you really can't bring those things out the closet right now. You just got to leave them there. Nothing's getting resolved. Everything's just being thrown away. So if you think about if we throw everything that is scattered throughout our house in the closet rather than putting it where it needs to be, then eventually that closet is going to become filled. And at some point, whether you do it now or you do it later, you are going to have to clean out that closet. Yeah. And that first book did that for me. It cleaned out the closet. It took away, you know, people... Uh, up until I wrote it, people would come and say, oh, Dr. Sahiro, so lucky to be in this family. What is it like to be in this family? And, you know, depending on 
where I was and whatever, what tail I spun or, you know, whether or not I wanted to, to do the deep dive. And oftentimes I didn't. And so you just go along with it. And then, um, but this book is like, okay, this is the issues. This is where I've been. So this is what I've had to deal with. So people don't come with those, those expectations for me to uphold whatever image or whatever expectation they have to make them feel better about, you know, about the family. I'm not trying to throw the family under the bus, but at the end of the day, I'm also not trying to uphold an image or even things that's been said that is too heavy for me to carry. Mm. So, yeah. So what, what is your relationship with your family at this point in your life? Are you on talking terms? Do you see your family or is it everybody just kind of does their own thing? I'm curious. I, I don't go home anymore. I, I, <laughs> I choose not to go home though. Um, and for me, I, I choose not to go home because when I go home, I have to tiptoe and hope that I'm not going to set off anybody or my presence at times can set people off and I hear about it later. Mm. And, and, and the thing about it is um, I owe it to myself to be as healthy and as um, wonderful as God say I can be. And if I if going home requires me to give up my peace or requires me to to gamble with my peace so that I go, I'm in the in I'm in the in the the nucleus of the family, and yet I'm you know I'm nervous about being there, or I get home and we were, I left home and everybody was speaking to me. And then I wake up one day and nobody's speaking to me. I used to go through things to try to figure out, oh, what happened? What happened? What happened? Now I was like, okay, that's you, that's you guys' issue. You deal with it. I'm not dealing with it. And I'll just leave it like that. And I can do that because I'm comfortable in my own setting and I'm all right with me. And they are welcome to be part of my life, but don't expect me to jump through hoops. I'm not doing that. Gotcha. Those days are over. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, you know, at, at times in anybody's life, they have to step back and say, is this serving me? Is it doing what I want in my life? And if it's not, then you need to step back away from it. But is it even healthy? Right. You know, when you pursue a level of healthiness in your life, and you, you, I think, and you achieve it, then you don't gamble with it for the sake of, you know, trying to appease other people. So I love my family. Uh, you know, I just choose, you know, they invite and I go through this, you know, I'll go through this checklist of, hmm, do I want to step back in there? Hmm, do I feel like doing that? No. I don't want to. And then, you know, and I get the right to say, no, I don't want to. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Just so they invite and I just decide, is it going to add to my life or if it's going to create some issues in me that I don't want to have to go back to. So, you know, um, I also think with my mom, you know, my mom and I have not, we, we try to be friends, but you, but I think the abuse, you know, my father confessed in her presence. Um, you know, you, she made choices. Okay. Never do you, does she say I made the bad choice. I never say I could have made a better choice. What she says is get over it. And so, you know, so now I'm getting over it. my way. Yeah. So let me, and, and maybe this question is a little deep, but um, if there is anything in your life that you would change, would you change anything or would you be exactly where you would, where you are now? You know, where I am now, I am so okay with my being in my skin. Yeah. So now my life makes sense. So, you know, I, I like the life I have. 
if I were to do anything, absolutely anything different, it would have been to try to stabilize me before I had children uh-huh. because my kids became, they came down that road with me, yeah. you know? And so um, they deserved to have a mother that was well. And, and, and my wellness, when I talk well, I mean, I wasn't crazy or anything, but I was depressed. Yeah. Um, I spent many days of depression and, and then also I had resolved issues with my family. So they got tucked into those battles, you know, um, even though I say, you know, you're your own person, you can have your own relationship with them. And if they start to bring me up, say, you know, uncle Michael, that's between you and my mom or grandma, that's between you and my mom and make them see you as the, your own individual. And that sounds good. And that's what I always said. But at the same time, they love both sides. They love me and they love them. Yeah. And so, so, you know, and they were young. And so, you know, so a lot of things I endured, you know, I, and because they, that was their family too. Now everybody's an adult. So you don't need me to talk to grandmama and you don't need me to talk to uncle Michael. You don't need me to talk. So they could, they have their own relationship and I'm okay with that. Um, it used to be that words would get sent back to me through them. And I was like, nope, not doing that. What goes on with you and your grandma? That's between your brother. You're not gonna bring, you're not gonna bring messages. So, but if I had to do anything over, you know, that I that I was in control of, I mean, yeah, if I could have not done the abuse and not had the abuse, but then I look back at what the abuse allows me to do. That's not to say parents abuse your children. Yeah, <laughs> that is not to say not. that. But I look at the, it is where I've been that has a, affords me the opportunity to do what I love doing. And what do I love doing? I love encouraging people. I love to talk them through their difficult moments and help them see the glass half full. So I have been gifted with that by way of my life. So that okay. that's a plus. But as far as my children, by I knock on wood that they turn out okay because their <laughs> mom, oh yeah, they're wonderful young people. But you know, was my life fair to them? No. Mm. You know, the wisest thing would have been was to deal with my issues before I drag kids in. But they're resilient and they're yeah. nice young people. So that's the good thing out of that's awesome. And I think every parent feels that way that they have passed things on to their kids that they wish they hadn't. Uh, I know as I get older, I look back at the things that um, I've passed on to my kids or things that I've said or did in the moment of, of anger or, you know, frustration. And it's like, why did I do that? (laughs) So so silly. And, uh, but it's hard to see it at the moment. And uh, so I think everybody feels that way to a point, but it sounds like you've done an amazing job and your, your kids are grateful that I'm sure that they have such an amazing mother and that they have a relationship with you. That's fantastic. So very cool. Oh yeah. I, my daughters, I have, I have a son and my two daughters and my daughters, if they cut, if they cut their finger, I'm going to get that phone call. <laughs> if they get it from, if they get a promotion at work, I'm going to get that phone call. If they're about to walk on the ceiling, you know, I'm going to get that phone call. My, my 27 year old called me the other day and she said, mom, can, can I talk to you for a few minutes? And I said, yeah. And she was like, all right, I'm spacing out at work and I need to hear your voice. And so, okay, let's talk about why you're spacing out, you know? And, and she said, and thank you for talking to me, you know, but I'm going to always. And, and the thing about that is again, cause you know, I look at the glass half full. Yeah. My mother wasn't accessible to me mm. growing up. She, you know, she was there, but you know, she, she was quite indifferent to me for as long as I can remember which probably made my father made me an easy target for my father. Cause I clung to him. Um, so I get to either duplicate my mother's actions or learn from them. Yeah. And so learning from them is I'm accessible to my kids, no matter what, you know, my daughter spent a night away one year 
um, she was a teenager and she kept calling me that. The uncle of the young woman she was staying with said, you can't call your mother anymore tonight. And so she snuck and called me. I said, look here, you can call me all night long. And wherever you are that says you can't, you need to come home because you're nowhere you can't call me, you know? And so, but, and, and, and she's married and she still calls me three or four times a day, you know? Um, but I love that. I love that they are, they feel accessible. She sends her, her friends to talk to me. Call my mom. And like, yeah. Sherry gave me your number and told me to call you. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, sharing to her mom, but these are the blessings, uh, the takeaways that I get to take away from my life, you know? So yes, I could have duplicated or I could learn from it and offer them something else. Cool. And I haven't always made the right decisions by no means, sure. yeah. but you know, um, I can do better when I know better. Yeah. So cool. Um, I think every parent feels like they could do, do better in some way. Even the best parents out there feel like there's something they could do a little bit better. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I know I feel that way. I, I have five daughters myself. And so. Oh, you're just, dad. You're a girl's dad. I am. You got yep. any sons? <laughs> nope. No sons? Nope. Just five daughters. Are you Dad. Yeah. Okay. So, um, very, very important to me to empower them in any way I can. So just your inspiration that you're passing on to other people is amazing. So thank you for that. Um, I, w- I want to ask this question because, you know, even today your brother, Michael is, he, he's looked up to, I mean, I, I will go out and walk the dog and I'll see boys out playing basketball in their Michael, you know, their Air Jordans. And I, I even saw a boy the other day with a, a Michael Jordan uniform on, you know, a, a jersey. Oh, wow. um, so even today, he has such a profound effect on everybody. He's, he's looked up to in many aspects. Obviously, he's not perfect. We all know nobody's no. perfect. Nobody is. Um but he's got so many great stories of, you know, perseverance and, you know, reaching the top of his game and all those things. I want to ask you though, number one, who do you look up to? And number two, who do you hope looks up to you? Oh, who do I look up to? Well, you know what, this is going to probably sound crazy, but I get all my, my strength. I always go back to the Bible in my difficult days. I, like when there were holidays and no family, I found comfort in the story of Joseph. You know, mm-hmm. his brother sold him into slavery. And, yeah. you know, so so there's different things that I have gone through. And I'm not trying to sound holier than thou by any means. Oh, These are the, this is where I go for my comfort. And it's where I go to try to make sense of things. Um, what I say to my children, and um, I, I think that, and they'll tell you, especially that 27-year-old, I am preparing her. I talk to her now all the time about talking to God. God's got a, prep, got a, you know, a, a purpose for her. And um, I don't want them to be like anybody. You know, I want them to be themselves. And, and the one thing that I had, the one issue that I had with the be like Mike thing, yeah. Was that as a parent, you're telling your kids to, you're teaching them that it's okay to follow. And yeah. I don't want them to follow anyone. Oh, yeah. I want them to lead. Yeah. And because when you follow, and I always tell them, if everybody's on the bridge and everybody's jumping off, I want you to have enough sense to not jump, you know? <laughs> and then when we teach them it's okay to follow Michael or follow anybody, then you can't be mad if they go and start following Ty- Tyrone that's on the corner because you just told them it's all right to follow. You might have said Michael, but they could they see Tyrone. Mm-hmm. And so that's what you're putting that following m- mindset into them yeah. where I'm like, no, I don't want you to follow. I want you to lead. And if somebody else is going left, I want you to have enough sense to decide whether left is right for you. You know, <laughs> my daughter said, um, one of her friends, when she's out of high school now, but she was saying her friends was going to skip school one day. And she said, you guys don't know who my mom is. <laughs> <laughs> so, so 
So, you know, if everybody was talking about skipping school and she had an, enough sense, enough, you know, to be reminded of, no, you guys go ahead. You, and so her thing was, nope, can't do that. You don't know who my mom is, you know? And, and so at the end of the day, she's 27 now. And I said to her, I'm going to die one day. That's just a fact. I need you. I need to know that you can make it even when I'm gone. Mm. And so I'm here, but I, I, I want her to think about her choices and involve God in the midst of it. So I tell her all the time, I'm your second call. I am not your first call. <laughs> God is your first call. Awesome. And so, so those are the things I, I, I want embedded in her. And my oldest daughter would say all the time, I, went, I, I couldn't talk, which I do a lot of, but I couldn't talk about talking about God. He's just part of my equation, right? So she says, do you always have to include him in every conversation? And so I says, well, it is what it is. But she had her awakening moment when she, as a real estate agent, a guy came in a model home, half a million dollar home that she was sitting and duct taped her and tied her up oh my goodness. and took all her belongings, her car, her Mac. And, but he'd done that to other women and raped them, but they, he didn't rape her. And my kids, has they sweat their dad's was a sweater i'm not a sweater so he duct taped her and her preparation is what loosened and so she became a believer in christ and has her own relationship and so she never says do you always have to talk god now she talks god herself so (laughs) but uh, (laughs) so those things but i would want my children to at least learn from my mistakes, not just all that I did right, but I want them to learn from the things I did wrong and improve upon them. So that's it. Very cool. Mm -hmm. Um, Let me ask you, I I know we're getting up to close to an hour, but I want to ask this question and because you deal so much with, I mean, this is your message. And that message, I would say, if there was someone struggling with their self-worth, say a young woman, what would you Mm -hmm. say to them right now? Oh, I would tell her, you matter. You really do matter. God did not make a mistake in giving you life. I need you to block out what everybody else thinks you need to be doing. Tone in to you. What makes you happy? What is what do you think you have to offer? And then let those things be your driving force. I, I the greatest thing I want you to know is you do matter. And so much about our life makes us feel like that we, you know, we're just here and we have no purpose and that you know we exist but we don't live because those two different things existing yeah. is you just get up and you function through your day. And you don't really take in consideration anything that the day really has to offer you. But then when you recognize that some people didn't wake up this morning and you were blessed with the opportunity to wake up, why did God wake you up? And the thing about that is start finding out who you are, who you really are, not who everybody else wants you to be. You know, and that a lot of times I find that if you tap into the things that bring you joy, then start seeing if those things are something that you're supposed to pursue on a more regular basis and even into a career design, you know, because we, you know, we have, we have, we live in a world that we have to make money, but there is nothing that says that we have to be miserable while we're making money. And so it's the thing about what brings me joy and how can I turn that into, you know, something that's lucrative without me sacrificing the thing that makes me happy. You know, I've been on um, jobs where, you know, I need to pay my bills. But I find that how do I know what I'm doing is the right thing? Because I would do it for free. You know, yeah. And and so it gives me, you know, joy to know that I can do it and get paid. But 
I would do it for free because it's where I find my purposes. You know, I was created to be able to speak, you know, um, purpose, encouragement, word, seeds of, 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 of um, encouragement, as well as saying to people, you matter, you do absolutely matter. And I think sometimes, Adam, people, we just want to know that we matter. Yeah. You know, so much about life makes us think that we're just here. And the news is enough to make you just think that is this all life has to to offer. Yeah. You know, right? I agree. Yep. And so, yeah. So I, my message to that young woman is that, you know, it's okay to reach out for help. You know, go get you some help. Go get, it's okay to say, I feel bad. It's okay to say, I don't like me. Now let's go do the work to find out why I don't like me. What about me? I don't like. And I think we owe it to ourselves to be the best version of ourselves we could be. Yeah. Agreed. Right? That's awesome. Yeah. And everybody won't give you permission to do that. Because some of what you want to do may not line up with how they how they see you or what their expectations are of you. But at the end of the day, this is the only life you have, Adam. So you got to learn how to live it in such a way that it brings you pleasure. That's my thought. Beautiful, beautiful words. And, uh, I, I agree a hundred percent. It's, you got to do it, what you love and just, yeah. Do the hard work of finding out who you are. You know, therapy used to be be so taboo. You know, if you say you were going to therapy, then what's wrong with you? You know, you know, people want, you have to have some, but I find that, um, sometimes just being able to say out loud what hurts, being able to say out loud without being ridiculed, ostracized, or made to feel like I've done something wrong because I hurt, you know? Right. And so I I encourage anyone that that's not tuned into who they are to spend some time learning who they are. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Awesome. Thank you so much yeah. for sharing Thank that. Thank you. You're welcome. So I wanted, um, I got two things before we finish up. Number one, I want people to know how they can get a copy of your book, connect with you. Um, you know, what's the best way to uh, your I'm website? So yeah, I'm, so, you know what, Dolores E. Jordan, and you know, the, the Dolores is the D E L O R I S E. My mother and I have the same name, so you have to put the, the E. Right. Um, Jordan. <laughs> at you know at dot com um so it's easy once you go out there you'll see the book click on the book it'll take you to both books um my email you know you can always get me by my email as well which is dolores.team at gmail Great. and um it's all about you know connecting in such a way that if i've said anything that have you know helped them i would love to hear about it if i said anything that they even feel that they need to correct. All right, but yeah, I'm 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 to the person where I am. I'm I'm all right in my skin now, so it's a good place to be. Beautiful. Yeah, it's a good place to be. You said you you thought about it. Now, when you look back, I know I'm asking the, to host oh, the question. Good. Yeah, but when you look back at your life and you look at those beautiful five those five beautiful daughters. Does it sadden you sometimes how much you almost missed? Yeah. Uh, you know, that's that's a great reflection and probably something I need to reflect on more. Um, thank you yeah. for bringing that to my attention. Um, yeah. There's a lot of things I would have missed. And, yeah, a uh, lot of things. That you, and so, so as your listeners are listening and, you know, they're standing on that edge, so tempted to jump off because their pain is so yeah. heavy right now. Yep. My thing is, let's get you through the day. We're not going to worry about yesterday. We're not going to worry about tomorrow. Let's get you through the day. Let's t- let you know today you deserve to live. Yep. You deserve. So back away from that. Those little voices that say, go ahead. Nobody's going to miss you. Or, or, you know, or let's see how they feel now that you're gone. Look, life will go on. Yep. But you will be missed, but life will go on. So that's the wrong reason. Um, but if you can back up, and just get through the day. I'm strong enough to get through the day. 
Dolores and Adam has given me some of their strength to get through the day. We'll worry about tomorrow, tomorrow. Today, I can handle today. I am stronger than my situations today. Exactly. And that's one thing that I I preach as much as I possibly can because I know that uh, suicide is a big problem. And uh, here in Utah, it's number one for teen deaths. And it's number two in the nation. So for teens. And I always say that tomorrow is a new day. The sun will rise. And And pain don't last always, you know, but when you're in the midst of it, it could be, you know, so deeply um, embedded that you tend to think it will never end. I I, I promise you, pain does not last always. You know, and so we can get you through today. Then tomorrow is a new day and we'll start walking that path tomorrow. But today is just give you or to yourself to live out today. Yeah, absolutely. That's it. So awesome. Um, And those who are listening, if things that Dolores has talked about resonate with you and you want to check out her book, the links will be below this episode. You can go check that out and get a copy of her book and learn more about the inspiring words from Dolores E. (laughs) Jordan and the amazing things that she's doing and she's transforming lives. I'm so excited that we're able to connect and, and have this hour to talk. So I want to leave with this last question. This is kind of how I always like to end my, my interviews with folks. And because the show is called unleash your greatness, I always like to ask if there was one to maybe three things you would say someone needs to do to unleash the greatness within themselves. What would that be? Okay. Um, spend the time getting to know you. Yep. When you find out the things that you like, do them. And ignore anyone who tells you you can't. Yeah. That's awesome. just that's just the things I believe in. <laughs> I do. Beautiful. You know, yeah. it's, it works. It works. And if it works, there's no need to revamp it, right? That's it right. works. That's right. And so but we don't know a lot of times that we even have the right to do those things. And I want them to know God was purposeful. You have the right to do those things. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think lots of people are waiting for someone to give them permission. And if you're I waiting was. for permission. Yeah, I was, I was, I honestly thought, well, when this happens, it'll be okay. Then I can do this. Or yeah. when this happens, but maybe one day they'll see that I, I really do need help. And, you know, no, everybody's got, and everybody has their own issues. So I say take control of your life and then go live it. Yeah. If you're so waiting for permission, you're listening to this, Dolores and I give you permission. Go live We your give life. you permission <laughs> to be that wonderful person that God created you to be. Yeah. You know, yes. Go Absolutely. go do it. You can do it. Yes. Very good. Very cool. Well, Dolores, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. Uh, such inspiring words and so many insights. And, uh, it's, it's really been quite eye-opening to me, wow. all the things that happen behind the doors of these famous people that we, we don't even know about. And, don't know. and, and, you know, Michael, he's got so many great things. Your family's amazing in so many ways, but there's, there's things that but they're human. are struggle. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. thank you for sharing those. Thank you for being so open and candid with, with those experiences. I really do appreciate it. I know that my audience is going to love hearing these inspiring words and the things that you, we talked about today. So thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you for allowing me to, you know, to share some of my experiences and words of wisdom. Yeah, absolutely. Thank, <laughs> thank you so you. much. So uh, right. it was great talking. And those who are listening, go out there, unleash your greatness, live the life you were meant to live, and we will see you in future episodes. Hey everybody, thanks for joining me today and I really appreciate you being here and do me a favor, if you liked this episode, please be sure to subscribe on your favorite uh, platform that you listen to podcasts on and also leave me a message or a comment or a review, I I just really appreciate it. Also, why I've got you here, if you are ready to take your life to the next level, I have an amazing program right now that's called Achievement Monthly. And this is a monthly program where you can come and learn every month from me, Adam Platt, Achievement Coach, 
And we're going to go, I'm going to go live every month. Come on and help you get to that next level in life, that next level of success, that next level of achievement. Because, you know, up till now, you've, you've done so well and you've done all you can, but sometimes you just need a little bit more help, a little bit more um, to get you to that next level. And that's what this program is really meant to be. And so it's uh, designed to help you, one, learn what you need to do to get to that next level. And two, it's also meant so that you can uh, network with other people. So we're going to train for about an hour, hour and 15 minutes. And then we're going to break out into groups so that you can network with other people, get to know them and connect with them so that they can help support you in your goals, your dreams and create the life that you want. So if you are interested in joining that program for only $39 a month, you can go and register at arisetoconnect.com slash achievement. And I am so excited to see you there and to help you get to that next level in life because, man, that's where everything starts to go right and happen for you. So go again, register right now at arisetoconnect.com slash achievement. And I look forward to seeing you on the inside of that program and every month so that we can get you working towards that goal and that dream life that you want. Thanks and have an amazing day. Go out and make your life what you want it to be.